In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who is our sign that God loves us so much. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, Phenomenology is a philosophical term. It's, in fact, kind of a subcategory of philosophy, a subcategory of, of existential philosophy. And what phenomenology all, is all about is basically how you respond to certain things that happen in your life. And basically what phenomenology does is it tries to take the human experience and figure out what happens in the human experience when something outside of yourself happens. And so this isn't something that bubbles up from deep inside of you. This is something that is basically sort of coerced out of you. This is something that makes you kind of wonder. This is something that examines what happens... When you're walking across the street and you look down and you see a $20 bill. Because that's out of place. $20 bills are not supposed to be just hanging out on the street. And so phenomenology is the sort of inquest into what your brain does, what your spirit does, what your life does. When you see those things that are sort of out of place. And so, when you're walking through a neighborhood and you see graffiti in that neighborhood, what that makes you think, how that makes you feel, that's what phenomenology is all about. And in the past couple of weeks, we've seen an interesting little bit of phenomenology uh, at work in Instagram. And Instagram, basically, is a huge phenomenological experiment, because it has to do with taking pictures of things that maybe make you kind of wonder outside of yourself. Maybe makes you stop and reflect on who that person is or maybe who you are. And you probably never thought that Instagram had anything to do more than taking bad selfies. But this particular little bit of Instagram that's been popping up all over news outlets all over the place has been an Instagram user named Tips for Jesus. The Tips for Jesus guy goes out and uh, they think that he might be one of the former vice presidents of PayPal. And so he's a guy with quite a bit of money. And he goes out, and what he does is he drops thousands of dollars on unsuspecting service workers. People that work in restaurants and in bars, people that are golf caddies. And what he does is he signs off a thousand, two thousand, up to ten thousand dollars he's given to service workers. And then at the bottom of that, he writes, or he has a little stamp that says, At Tips for Jesus. And it exploded. Because we're not used to seeing people drop a thousand dollars on a tip. Some of you work in the service industry and you're just dreaming about what that would be like if somebody were to say, here's $2,000. There you go. 
In fact, it's even an interesting thing just within the service industry that a lot of us have worked in and I've worked in because Christians, people that claim this name of Jesus, tend to be notoriously really, really bad tippers. In fact, it's almost kind of shameful when you as a Christian service worker look at somebody praying before their meal and you go, oh no. But, but here's somebody who's, who's reversing that, that tide and reversing it in a way that seems to go over and above. It, it's uh, more than just a 30% tip. This is thousands and thousands of dollars. And the whole thing is that it makes you stop and reflect. Why? All of the questions that are being brought up about tips for Jesus. Why is he doing this? Or why is she doing this if it's not the person that we think it is? Why is this person tipping so much? What's the point? And so there have been all sorts of different answers that have popped up out there. Some people have said that this person is just making fun of Jesus, that, uh, that there's no actual uh, connection with Jesus between uh, Jesus and this guy's faith. Other people have said, absolutely, this has to be something that is near and dear to this guy's faith, and he's trying to tell us something about grace, God's grace that comes to us undeserved. God's grace that comes to us beyond anything that we could have ever gotten ourselves. But the thing of it is, is that it stops you and makes you think, what's happening? Who am I? What is this world around me? And in our Gospel reading today, We have John the Baptist being one of those signs, being one of those people who makes other people stop and say, what is going on? Because John the Baptist, well, he looks crazy to start with. He's got camel's hair all over his body, which sounds really itchy. He's got a a leather belt tied around his waist. He eats bugs and honey. He's not a normal sort of dude. And he's there by the Jordan River. And what he's doing there by the Jordan River is he's inviting people to repent and be baptized. Now, we're here in the middle of the south in North Florida. And so, having somebody scream out to us, repent and be baptized, well, it's really not that odd to us. All you have to do is walk across campus. You can probably hear that about four days a week at least. But but to the people that were standing beside the Jordan River, this was something that was different. Because you see, the only people that got baptized there were people that were not Jewish, that were coming into the faith. People that were not culturally a part of this saved people. And what John the Baptist is doing is saying... Repent 
and become saved again. It would be the same thing as if I stood up here for many of you that have been baptized for years upon years. You've been confirmed. You've been in churches here and there, Lutheran churches. You've done all of the churchy stuff. And for me to say, uh, well, we were looking over your uh, membership and we, we said, well, you've got to be rebaptized. A lot of you wouldn't take too kindly to that. For good reason. But go with me for a little while here. Just put yourself into the shoes of those people who were watching John the Baptist there by the Jordan River saying, what you've got isn't good enough. What you've got doesn't make you God's child. Because really, it's the same thing with your baptism. Your baptism does make you God's child, but it's not just that you were baptized. It's that God included you. And so, God's inclusion is what makes the difference, and your baptism is how He's chosen to do that. And so John the Baptist is out there preaching and and asking people to repent and to be baptized. And he's serving as this, this sign to make you reconsider your life. Make you reconsider your faith. Make you reconsider who you are. Make you reconsider maybe who God is. And that's what Advent is really all about. That's what all of these symbols are all about, that we turn to this blue color, that we have a Christmas tree, that we have more candles, which the kids with acolyting really hate, is more candles. That's the point behind all of these things. It's to make you stop. It's to make you think, oh, hey, maybe it's about Christmas time. I don't know where you were when you saw the first Christmas commercial on TV this year. For me, it was like in July, I think. And it just get earlier and earlier. But that first Christmas commercial is another one of those signs that makes you stop. It makes you go, oh, it's almost Christmas. Those signs that make you stop and say... What's going on? What time is it? And in our lives, we have those signs for ourselves. Sometimes those signs are our failures. Sometimes those signs are when we look back and we say, I've I've failed to do this, I haven't done well at this, I've sinned again, here I go. And those signs make you stop and reconsider. Or for many of you as you're studying for finals, maybe that in itself is a sign for you to stop and to go, oh man, I haven't read this entire semester. And now I've got this project that's breathing down my neck, or now I've got this test that I've got to take. For others of us, the signs aren't nearly quite as negative. The signs are different things. 
Maybe it's the growth of a plant that you've been waiting to burst out of the earth. Maybe it's something else entirely. But the thing about those signs is what they point to. The thing about the signs in our lives is not the signs themselves. That's what phenomenology tells you. And so if you're walking across the street and you see the $20 there on the ground, that $20 is actually not the important thing phenomenology would tell us. Instead, the important thing about that $20 laying there on the ground is what you do with it. Which brings us to the cross. Because you see that cross, it's it's a funny sign. The kids got the gospel right on in the kids' message. But that's not the only thing that we can see when we see that sign. Sometimes we can see that sign. We can see the sign of our Lord stretched out upon a cross and it feels bad. Because we know that we're the ones who put Him there. Because we know that it is our sins that He's dying for there. But there's another side to that sign. There's a very famous uh, conversation between uh, Keanu Reeves and another uh, actor that he was acting with at at the time during the the Matrix. And during the times they they were in uh, Italy. And they walk into one of those gorgeous Italian churches. And and they're walking through and Keanu Reeves is not a Christian and he's looking around. And uh, I'm not going to do a Keanu Reeves impression at all, so don't worry about that. And he's looking around and he... Uh, takes a look at the cross and he, he, he gets fixated on the cross and he's looking at it and his friend who is a Christian comes up beside him and he says, isn't it that beautiful? And Keanu Reeves looks at this cross with this dying man on it and he says, I don't see anything beautiful about that at all. It, it's gory. It's disgusting. It's violence. And Keanu's Christian friend says, Well, what if you knew that the reason that he was up there was so that you would never have to be? And Keanu said, Well, yeah. Then I'd think it was beautiful. This Advent, this Christmas, you're going to see a lot of signs. You're going to see tinsel, you're going to see silver bells, you're going to see Santa Claus, you're going to see Advent candles, you're going to see all sorts of different signs. And yet the most important sign is the sign that John the Baptist was pointing to. The sign of the one who was to come into our world to be a beautiful sign of our salvation.
Amen.